أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters and welcome to the a lesson per page Quran program session number 16 we will be beginning inshallah today with page number 72 of the holy Quran martyrdom it's all about how you leave this world so we all know that uh, we all know that we're going to leave this dunya anyway right and so why not leave it in the best way possible uh, and that is to our soul to depart the, our bodies because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to die in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one way or another now um, this page goes back again to the battle of Uhud that has been mentioned several times now in Surah to Ali Imran it goes back to the battle of Uhud and speaks about uh, the shuhada and the martyrs of that battle um, and how we're supposed to look at these people who have lost their lives defending Islam in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so let us recite the verses the verse or verses yeah the verses and get into some details uh, verses 168 to 171 of Surah Al-Imran وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ فَرِحِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ وَيَسْتَبْشِرُونَ بِالَّذِينَ لَمْ يَلْحَقُوا بِهِمْ مِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ أَلَّا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ بِنِعْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ those who said of their brethren while they themselves sat back. Okay, so there's a group of people. They're talking about others who the Quran refers to as their brothers. Like they're from the same city. They grew up together. They're like brothers to each other. So this group of people sits back, starts talking bad about their brothers who are believers, who are fighting in the way of Allah. So they sat back and said, had they obeyed us, they would have never been killed. Say, then keep death off from yourselves should you be truthful. So the Quran here is calling them out, these people who sit back and, and, just, and just say, oh, if others had not gone to fight, they wouldn't have died. They should have listened to us. Wait, first of all, you sitting back and not going to help the Holy Prophet is that going to... Is that going to repel a death from you to begin with? No. So that's that. Plus, plus, do not suppose those who were slain in the way of Allah to be dead. You're saying they were killed, they died. Rather, they are living and provided for near their Lord. This is awesome. Exulting in what Allah has given them out of His grace and rejoicing for those who have not yet joined them from those left behind them, that they will have no fear nor will they grieve. So these people that are in the heavens now, that are with their Lord, 
Yes, they're watching on, they're waiting. They have glad tidings and good news for those who are going to join them later who also might lose their lives in the way of Allah. Right? And they're having a great time. فَرِحِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهِ Exulting in what Allah has given them. Okay? They rejoice in Allah's blessings and grace or they rejoice in Allah's blessing and grace and that Allah does not waste the reward of the faithful. Alright, so these verses very clearly, they're talking about how you're not supposed to look at those who've lost their lives in the way of Allah as dead. Amwat. No, they're not amwat. They're alive, they're with their Lord, they're having a great time. Yes, now I do have to explain here. This doesn't mean that they're in Jannah yet. They're in the Barzakh, but the greatest levels, the greatest Jannahs of Barzakh. This is according to our scholars. This is according to our Mufassirin. Lots of times people think that this means that uh, the Shuhada have skipped Barzakh. No, according to Allama Tawatawai, everyone has to go through Barzakh, but for some it'll be great and others it'll be horrible. The Shuhada are at the highest level it seems. Alright, so as I said, it's going back to Uhud. And the ones who stayed behind didn't help the Prophet when they're supposed to. And others have lost their lives. These people are saying, oh, they should have stayed behind like us. They would have preserved their lives. Uh, first of all, <laughs> you're not going to be able to repel death from yourselves. That's number one, and I said that. Number two, it's making it clear that uh, this... Uh, this, this, these verses are making it clear, or one can conclude very easily, that these people, their standards are off. Their standards are off. If they had the right standards, they would have never said, oh, they died, oh, this, oh, that. No, no, no. So number one, their standards are off, and death is going to come anyway. So if death is going to come anyway, why not have death in the best way possible? You see, this is something very important. If the opportunity arises for someone to have the best death, why not? Yes, the Prophet ﷺ needs help in the battle of Uhud. Why not? If I, I know I'm going to die eventually 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 100 years from now, well, why not let that death be in the best, best way possible, fighting alongside the Holy Prophet when he needs the help? Your standards are off. Thinking that for you the standard is the more I stay in this world, the better. That's not the standard. The standard is the best way I leave, the better. Right? So these people, and the verse makes it clear. It says, maut. Let me see you repel it from yourselves. It's coming eventually. This is a very good way to look at things. To look at things in this way that if death is going to come anyway, why not make it the best death possible? And if you remember, brothers and sisters, way back, I talked about this a little bit, that we don't have our Imams or the Holy Prophet or the Qur'an encouraging us to ask for death. Like, oh Allah, like take my life right now. Like, this is not something encouraged. All right? Even if you are in love with Allah, you want to reach Allah sooner, you don't find hadith saying, ask Allah for a, for a quick death. But there will be an exception, or maybe you, technically you might not even be able to call it an exception, but you will have here and there uh, hadiths saying or, or teaching you or teaching us how to ask for the best death possible or a death that is in the way of Allah. 
So you're not asking Allah to hasten your death or anything, but you're saying, Oh Allah, whenever you take me, take me in this way, in the best of ways, in the best of states, and so on. So we do have that. I'm not even going to call that an exception to the rule here. You're asking for how you would want to leave this dunya. Okay. Now, their standards are living a long life, prosperity, felicity, good pleasure, this, this and that. These verses now, they say, even according to your standards, these people are in good shape. What are your standards? They are rizq, they are farah, being happy, ni'mah, fadl, good things like these, right? All right, well, what did the verse say? The verse had mentioned all of these things for these shuhada, for these martyrs. Now, um, before I go on, let me open a parenthesis here. In the Qur'an, whenever shuhada is used, it means witnesses of something. It doesn't mean martyrs. Martyrs in the Qur'an are referred to as those who are killed in the way of God. Okay, so let's remember that. Parentheses closed. Now, their standards were what? Let's stay alive. Let's not go and fight alongside the Prophet and risk our lives because we want you know, to live longer. Well, why do you want to live longer? Because I can have more pleasure in life, I can have more rizq in life and sustenance, I can have more, um, I can have more farah and happiness, right? All of these things. Ni'mah, I can have more blessings, fadl. All right, so, <clears throat> well, the verse says, according to your standards, they have all of these things and they're living the life. So not only are they not dead, but they're not missing out on anything. You're the ones who are missing out, apparently. It says, عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ Rizq, sustenance. فَرِحِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهِ They are happy. Okay, فَرِحِينَ comes from happiness, comes from farah. لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ They have no fear. وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ They don't have any grief. Like in this life, we'll have blessings, but we'll have sadness and fear and grief every now and then too. They don't even have that. يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ بِنِعْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ Ni'mah and blessing from Allah and fadl from Allah. Fadl, you can say bonus, an extra good, you know. So even according to their standards, it's something that they should long for. Not something they should avoid and then talk behind other people saying that, oh look, they're missing out, they lost their lives. No, 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 that's not how it is. Your standards are off, number one. Number two, even if your standards were right, they have it more. So now, I do want to say one thing here. If martyrdom is so great, it doesn't mean that the door to martyrdom is always open. Okay, we have to get this straight. There are people who will go to certain extremes and will do horrible things in the name of Islam and in the, in the name of martyrdom. While what they're doing is just uh, giving Islam a bad name and leaving this dunya in the worst state and way possible. Yes, losing your life in the way of Allah is great, but who says that door is going to always be open? There will be other substitutes. Uh, for example, Midadul Ulama Afdal Min Dima'is Shuhada, the pens of the scholars is greater than the blood of the martyrs. And we don't have time to get into that hadith, but I think it's pretty self-explanatory why the ink of the scholars will be higher than the blood of the martyrs. Or for example, during the time of the Holy Prophet some of the, some of the women came to him and they were complaining that, oh, you know, the men have this opportunity 
to uh, lose their lives in the way of Islam, in your way. We don't have that opportunity. And he said what? He said, well, <laughs> you have a bigger battle to fight and that's taking care of the family and the husbands. So for you, your Jannah will lie in this. Your fighting in the way of Allah will lie in this. Husnud taba'ul. Yeah. To take care of the family, the, house, the, the, the spouse and so on. It's not, it's not an easy job. So the door to my life being lost in the way of Islam isn't always open. True, but there are substitutes. So we don't have to go out of, our way, out of our way the way some of these extremists do in this day and age and they're just destroying everything unfortunately. The name of Islam, th themselves, people's families, people's loved ones and so on. It's just horrible what you hear and see every, uh, these days. Alright, so these people are such losers. These uh, The people of the Battle of Uhud who stayed back and they think they're the winners. As a matter of fact, you're, the, you're, you're, in, the big, you're in the biggest loss, my friend. And so I just want to Quote uh, Shaheed Murtaza Avini. Um, he has a very wonderful line. He was known for you know these uh, eloquent lines of his. He's one of the shuhada. Um He says, I'll, "I'll read the Farsi actually, and then I'll explain it in English." It says, uh, or he says, "Pendarama inas kemamandeim vashuhadaraftand." اما حقیقت آن است که زمان ما را با خود برده است و شهدا مانده اند. He says, we think that we have remained and the shuhada have gone. Right? <laughs> they, they're gone, we're still here though. Those who survived. Like, so this is a very good line for those people of Uhud. But reality is that time has taken us with it and we're the ones going actually. The ones who have remained are the shuhada. Those who? Those, those martyrs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the great sacrifice. So in other words, um, uh, in other words, fix your lens. Fix your perspective. Make it an ukhrawi one. Make it a Quranic perspective. This is the Qur'anic perspective. Yes, if we don't get our standards right, we see things the wrong way. Page number 73. For some people, the more time, the worse. Yeah. So, we, um, once again, going back to uh, having the right lens on. When we don't have the right lens on, when we see what others have or what others Allah is giving them, we might feel like uh, those things that they have are a privilege. While in reality, they're not a privilege. And of course, this verse here in particular, or this page that we'll get to in a second, um, yeah, this verse on page 73, um, although it's talking about a time, right, we can generalize it to almost any blessing, but the, one of the biggest blessings is time, the time that people have. And so we'll look at how some people, Allah gives them a lot of time in life. And so we feel like, okay, this person, such a blessing, God has blessed them, them. And we feel like, okay, this might be a sign that, you know, they are right and the rest are wrong. This page lets us know that, no, that's not always the case. Sometimes time is a bad thing. <laughs> like when? Like when you give a torch to a child and you put them in a room full of cotton. 
the less time this child has, the better for everyone, including himself. Right? But that child might think, oh, I have all the time in the world, and might be happy about this, while this is not really a blessing. So let's recite the verse and get to some details. Verse number 178 of Surah Al Imran. إِنَّمَا نُمْلِي لَهُمْ لِيَزْدَادُوا إِثْمًا وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ Let the faithless not suppose that the time we grant them is good for them. We give them time only that they may increase in sin and there is a humiliating punishment waiting for them. Okay, that's uh, kind of scary. So, <laughs> Just like that child that has a torch in, the, in his hand in a room, you don't want to give that child a lot of time. This verse is talking about those who sold their faith for kufr, right? The previous verse actually. So this was verse 178 we recited. Verse 177, it says, Those who they bought kufr for the price of Iman and faith. So they know what they're getting themselves into. They're like, okay, you know what? I see that I can make a deal here with Shaytan, right? The worst deal ever. We had this before. Um, in one of the first pages we covered of the Quran. They're like, you know, I can make a deal here and get something now. So they, what do they do? They gain their kufr and they give their Iman away. The verse says, look, these people, they're hurting themselves, they're not going to hurt Allah. And they're going to have a painful punishment awaiting them. So this is the people that it's talking about. And then it says, hey, don't look at these people and notice that we're giving them time and respite. And then think to yourselves, hey, maybe like they're, they're not so bad, they're not in such bad shape after all. Why is God blessing them with all this time then, if that's the case? You know, you would expect a very evil person to just leave this dunya quickly. Allah takes his life quickly. But then you notice that they're living a, a, a normal, long life, just like maybe a lot of other people. So don't let that get to you. Why is that the case? Because they, what they're getting out of this is punishment, actually. The more time you give that child in that room, the more damage and havoc he's going to cause. Right. So Allah here in the Quran is saying, in, 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 in a sense, you can say that the verse is saying, ask yourself, brothers and sisters, ask yourself, this time that they have, what are they acquiring through it? That's the question. And as I said, we can generalize here and just talk about any blessing Allah has given these people who turn away from the truth. Once again, let me open a parenthesis here and remind all of us. It's talking about those kuffar who knowingly, willingly have traded kufr and iman not people who don't know what the truth is today. That's something, inshallah, we'll have a verse about that later. Um, we'll get to it, inshallah, one day. But for now, this is talking about the people who know the truth or have the opportunity to look into the truth and figure out what the truth is, but they just don't want, they're not interested for whatever reason that's not acceptable. All right, these people, let us see what are they getting. So that parenthesis, let's close it. Let us see what they're getting out of this extra time that Allah is giving them. Well, that child with the torch in his hand, all he's getting is more fire because he's just burning more and more cotton. 
While these people, the more time they have, the more sin they're acquiring, the more ithm they are acquiring. So if they're only gaining dunya out of it, but no akhirah, and they're burning akhirah, so what? Dunya is dunya. Who cares if they're gaining dunya out of it? For us, we're supposed to put on the lens of akhirah. So don't look at the time they have. Don't look at the blessings they have. Look what they're getting in return for it. These people who have given away their faith completely, all they're getting out of their time, their life is what? More and more sin, more and more punishment. And that's why Imam al-Sajjad he knows this equation. He knows what matters is what you're getting in return. And that's why he seeks refuge in Allah in this uh, famous dua of Makarim al-Akhlaq of Sahifa Sajjadiyah, where he says, he says, Oh Allah, وَعَمِّرْنِي مَا كَانَ عُمْرِي بِذْلَةً فِي طَاعَتِكَ Give me life as long as my life, so extend my life as long as my life is something that is being given in return for your obedience. I am using it for your obedience. I'm spending it on your obedience, O oh Allah. فَإِذَا كَانَ عُمْرِي مَرْتَعًا لِلشَّيْطَانَ فَاقْبِضْنِي إِلَيْكَ If you ever see that my life it turns into a playing field for shaitan, a grazing field for shaitan, a place where shaitan does his thing. In other words, I am serving shaitan. Don't let my life continue. This I would say, brothers and sisters, is maybe the only exception we have for asking for death. <laughs> is to tell Allah, Oh Allah, if it ever happens that I am reaching a point where all I am doing is it's just all shaitan, my life, and I'm, there's no turning back, take me sooner than later. This would be maybe the only exception we have for asking for death. Other than this, what we have is asking for shahada. As I said, that's not asking for death. That's asking for a certain type of death, whenever it's going to happen. So this will be the only exception, I think, to that rule that I mentioned earlier. Take my life, take me to yourself before your wrath encompasses me and races towards me. So Imam al-Sajjad understands, it's not about the more time, the better, the more blessings, the better. It's what am I getting out of the more time, the more blessings. If I'm getting ta'ah and obedience of Allah, then so be it. Alhamdulillah, give me more. But if it's going to be for shaitan and serving shaitan, then no, 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 I'm not interested. And that's exactly what we're getting out of this verse. Finally, there's one point here in this verse that some people might say, oh my God, it's saying, لِيَزْدَادُ إِثْمَ Allah's doing this, Allah's giving them more time because He wants to get them back. He wants them to do even more sins so He can punish them more. Like that's, That doesn't sound too fair, that doesn't sound too nice of God. And this is where our Mufassirin have explained, look, it's not that always that Lam in the Arabic language means uh, to do something that... Uh, for a reason that you like, that I necessarily like this reason. Okay, let me give examples. Here it says, لِيَزْدَادُ إِثْمَا Li in Arabic means for this purpose. Okay, Li for this purpose, yazdadu they gain ithman, sin. Okay, that's a breakdown of that phrase. It's not that always the reason for something is, is 
going to be that something that God likes or whoever is speaking likes when they use the word the letter lam okay we have examples of this in the Quran so one example of when God wants that result okay and he uses the letter lam is the verse that says nur. we sent the Quran down to you O prophet sallallahu alaihi wa so you do what so that you, for the purpose of, for the reason of, so you see, لِتُخْرِجَ The lam is used. So that you take them out of darkness into light. Of course, this is something that Allah loves. This is something Allah is inclined towards. He likes. So this is the reason for it. This is the outcome of it, and it is something beloved to Allah. But then we have examples of where lam is used, and it's not something that is beloved. It's not something that that person likes, yet they still use the letter lam to say for the purpose of, for the outcome of. In other words, this is what the outcome is going to be. Not that I necessarily like it. So we have also in the Quran, when it's talking about the story of Prophet Musa, when he was cast into the river or stream that his mom cast him into, the Fir'aunites, the people of Fir'aun, they took him from the water. We all know the story, right? They took him from the water in that basket or box or whatever it was that he was in. لِيَكُونَ لَهُمْ عَدُوًا وَحَزَنًا The Qur'an says. They took him out of the water so that he may be. لِيَكُونَ You see lam again. لِيَكُونَ So that he may be an, an enemy for them and a means of grief for them. This same Musa السلام, that they take from the water is the one who's going to grow up and is going to be their enemy, and is going to be their means of grief, and regret, and sorrow. So, here the same letter is used, لِيَكُونَ But is it something that they, that they liked? Is that why they were doing it actually? They weren't doing it actually for that purpose. They're not like, hey, let's take Musa from the water, so that he can be our enemy in the future. No, that's not why. But it's just letting us know that this is the outcome of their doing. Here in our verse, لِيَزْدَادُ إِثْمَا It's letting us know this is the outcome, this is what's going to happen to them as a result of more time that Allah is giving them. Allah gives them more time which is a blessing. What are they going to use it for? They're going to use it for this. Is this something Allah wants? No. This is something they want actually. And so be it. So we seek refuge in Allah. If a person is constantly disobeying Allah and yet they see more and more blessings come to them, then that, that's something they have to be very careful about. So this idea of, oh, I have more blessings, maybe Allah is upset at me. No, 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 that's not the case all the time. Seldom that might be the case. As long as you are living up to the commands of Allah, if Allah blesses you with things, Alhamdulillah, oh Allah, make it more. Why is it that people think right when everything's going well for them that Allah might be angry at them? No, no, look at your life. See, is, if, am I doing everything in accordance with Allah? Yes. Yeah, if you're sinning left and right and you don't care about Allah and, or you're being careless towards Allah's commands, yes, that might be a problem. Be careful if Allah is still giving you blessings. But if no, you see that everything's fine and you're trying your best and Alhamdulillah. This is, I, I'm just echoing what uh, the scholars of Akhlaq had said, have said. Yeah, so we don't want to be too uh, pessimistic, too obsessive about these matters. If you ever feel like there's something wrong maybe, just look into your life. See if you're doing everything in accordance with Allah's commands. If you are, say Alhamdulillah. And there's more important things to worry about inshallah. Page number 74. 
Sometimes there is no solution and all you can do is be patient. So these verses, or verse or verses, um, it's going to be one verse, it's letting us know and reminding the people of how life is going to be. We've had a similar verse before as well. There will be ups and downs, okay? What are we supposed to do? Try to solve them? Yes, of course try to solve them, but sometimes there's just not going to be any solution. And the only thing you can do is be patient and exhibit taqwa. Right? That's all you can do. And it's, that's just how it's supposed to be. Or else, how else is Allah going to give us this merit of patience? How is He going to let us reach that point where we are of the sabirin? If there's a solution to everything, there's a solution to everything then, uh, then there, 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 we'll never get the chance to develop patience within us. Verse number 186 of Surah Al-Imran. It says, لَتُبْلَوُنَّ you will surely be tested in your possessions and your souls. Souls meaning your lives, you know, you might lose life, you might lose loved ones. And you will surely hear from those who were given the book before you, and from the polytheists much abuse. So in other words, the Yahud, the Nasara, the Mushrikeen, all of them, they are going to give you a hard time probably, and are going to say harsh and horrible things to you. But if you are patient and God-weary, that is indeed the steadiest of courses, so or the studies of things to do. So as I said, this verse is making it clear to us that there will be some things you just cannot solve. And I personally believe that that's the point, that's how it's supposed to be. Allah wants us to reach the maqam and rank of the sabirin. If everything had a solution, our patience could never be put to the test. Sometimes the solution only is patience and taqwa and forbearance. That's all. And so patience, of course, is going to be clear. What, what do you mean by taqwa? If I'm going to be patient, then I'm not going to... Some have said taqwa here means to not complain, not to turn away from Allah as a result of what's going on in your life and so on and so forth. All right. So, But at the end, this is how it's supposed to be. The taqwa has to be ex exercised in these cases, in these scenarios, right? Uh, in Nahjul Balagaf, if I remember correctly, uh, when uh, Abu Dhar al-Ghifari is being sent out of Medina and he's being, uh, you know, basically it was, he was being exiled from Medina, as he's leaving, Imam Ali tells him something very important. He says, and if I get the wording correctly, I'm saying this off the top of my head, uh, that if the heavens and earth are, are closed on an individual, right? They are sewn together on an individual. But this individual practices and exercises taqwa, Allah will show that person a way out of this problem that they're in. Okay? So that's the point, brothers and sisters. When are we going to get a chance to exercise our taqwa? 
when if if there was a way out of everything then i don't know we wouldn't be put to the test allah wouldn't be able to put us to the test the way he wants us to be put to the test because he wants to do it in a way that we grow right so we have to understand that and when we understand that this is how it's supposed to be how it's going to be of course we're going to try our best to avoid situations like these right but whether we like it or not some are going to come our way and there's no way out of it when we know though this is how it's supposed to be and there's a bigger purpose in this and there's a bigger benefit for us that comes out of all of this, it becomes easier to bear. So we have to understand, brothers and sisters, like sometimes this itself, this understanding of, oh my God, what's the solution to this? What's the solution to that? Sometimes this mentality can be detrimental to our faith, right? If we're trying to find the solution to everything. No, we will try to find the solution to everything, but we will also understand that some things just won't have a solution. Why is my wife, why is my husband, why is my mom, why is my dad being so unreasonable? Right? That's what some of us will say sometimes. Okay, well, Bismillah, what are you going to do now? If they're being so unreasonable and the solution to this is so easy, but they're just not, they're just not having it today, they're not, they just don't want to hear it today, what are you going to do about that? huh? Just because you know there's a way out, but they're not letting it happen, what are you going to do, disrespect them? abuse them, slander them, curse them out or something, astaghfirullah, no. And I'll tell you, this is one of the hardest tests. And we will mess up, but let's try to get back up on our feet and not mess up again later. Yeah. If I know that being people being unreasonable is part of the deal, then I won't be so upset to the point where I'll just let go of everything and say or do whatever I want as a result. I'll be like, no. This is just how it's going to be. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to try my best to be as patient as possible for as long as possible as I can. And there are great urafa who have reached those high levels of God giving them certain religious experiences as a result of just keeping their mouth shut when they got very, very angry at somebody. Yeah, being patient and exhibiting taqwa. And so for our brothers and sisters today in this day and age, um, especially the younger ones who might be, I don't know, going to high school or school or whatever, peer pressure and the bullying sometimes and the, and the, um, the uh, harsh words and the offensive things we hear sometimes from people, it's just going to be like that. Just like during the Prophet's time, sallallahu alayhi wa لَتُبْلَوُنَّ فِي أَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفِسِكُمْ وَلَتَسْمَعُنَّ and then Kathira, you are going to hear a lot of bad things and abusive things from people. Be ready for that as a result of you being Muslim. Be ready for it. Okay. Now the verse ended with, this is min azmil umur. Let me bring it back. Um, this is of azmil umur, meaning that is indeed the steadiest of courses. Azmil umur if, if I'm going to use the, uh, a word for it, I'm going to say the solid stuff, okay? This is the solid stuff. Patience and piety. That is the solid stuff. The rest isn't solid. Right? In the end, people who you know keep their diets clean, who do exercise every day for long periods of time, 20 years, 10 years, 20, they're the fittest. Because they stuck to the basics, they stuck to the solid stuff. All right, This is what it's all about. Instead of trying to do some crazy math and figure out how the solution is, when you know there is no solution and you just have to be patient, then resort to patience, which is the solid stuff. 
Okay? We don't like that. Who likes doing the treadmill for 20 years? But there are some people who will do their cardio, their treadmill for 20 years and keep their diets clean and they're the ones who are always fit. It's just an example, of course. Body types are different. I know that. And Allah, He has this expectation from His prophets. Right? They're not going to sin according to you know the mainstream Shia belief. They're not going to commit sins, but sometimes they might fall short of the doing exactly what Allah would have expected of them. Okay? And so the Quran, Surah Taha, verse 115, it says, The same word that we have here, Azm al Umur, the same Azm, which means strong resolve. It's used also for Prophet Adam. It says, Look, and indeed we had taken a covenant from Adam, but we didn't find a strong resolve in him. Eventually, you know, he. He, he went and uh, had that, that fruit, uh, that forbidden fruit, if you want to call it. So Allah expects this from the, His Prophets. He wants that. Now, was that a sin or not? Mainstream Shiism says, no, that, is not a, that wasn't a sin. There's an explanation to that. But all in all, Allah had that expectation that, hey, it's better for you to stay away from this. You shouldn't have gone towards this. All right, so I want us to really remember this. This is a very important conclusion to take from this, that some things, they just won't be solvable. We have to understand that and not let shaitan get the best of us when it comes to those things. All right, and, and make sure to exercise patience. All right, page number uh, 75. God's signs in the skies and on earth. This um, set of verses is one of my favorites in the Qur'an. Alright, so there, there you go, another one of my favorites. And these verses that we'll discuss, they are the verses that are usually recited before performing Salatul Layl, that night prayer that one does and is in total intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it is a Salat that is performed in a time of the day or night which usually people are not willing to do that. And it takes some time, it takes some sacrifice from them. But there are some who want to do that because they want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are verses 190 of Surah Al Imran all the way to 194. So all in all five verses. It says, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا سُبْحَانَكَ فَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ مَنْ تُدْخِلِ النَّارَ فَقَدْ أَخْزَيْتَهُ وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنصَارِ رَبَّنَا إِنَّنَا سَمِعْنَا مُنَادِيًا يُنَادِي لِلْإِيمَانِ أَنْ آمِنُوا بِرَبِّكُمْ فَآمَنَّا رَبَّنَا فَاغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَكَفِّرْ عَنَّا سَيِّئَاتِنَا وَتَوَفَّنَا مَعَ الْأَبْرَارِ رَبَّنَا وَآتِنَا مَا وَعَدْتَنَا عَلَى رُسُلِكَ وَلَا تُخْزِنَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِيعَادَ Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth, 
and the alteration or alternation of night and day, there are signs for those who possess intellects. Those who remember Allah standing, sitting, and lying on their sides, and reflect on the creation of the heavens and the earth, and say, Our Lord, you have not created this in vain. Ma khalaqta hadha batila. Subhanak, immaculate are you. Save us from the punishment of the fire. Our Lord, whoever that you make enter the fire will surely have been disgraced by you, and the wrongdoers will have no helpers. Our Lord, we have indeed heard a summoner calling to the faith. Munadiyan yunadi lil iman. Someone's calling to faith. So we heard that person. What was he saying? Have faith in your Lord. So we believed. Our Lord, forgive us our sins and absolve us of our misdeeds and make us die with the pious. Like So when we leave this world, take us as one of the pious ones with the pious ones. Our Lord, give us what you have promised us through your prophets, your apostles, and do not disgrace us on the day of resurrection. Indeed, you do not break your promise. Alright, so as I said, um, these are some of my favorite verses because they are, of course, recited, as I said, before Salat al-Layl. It's not necessary, but it's one of the etiquettes you could say. But before talking about that a little bit, I want to talk about the verses themselves. Number one thing that really stands out, I really like, and some of our Mufassirin have pointed this out, it, said, it started off with what? يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَىٰ جُنُوبِهِمْ They are remembering Allah standing, sitting, lying on their sides, you know, when, they're, when they want to go to sleep. So they have dhikrullah, they remember Allah. Alright? These people who have dhikrullah, what do they do? يَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَوَاتِ so you have the heavens and the earth, the skies and the earth. And then you have the changing of night to day and day to night. These things that are happening, these natural phenomena, causes these people, yes, what do they do? They're ones who have dhikrullah in all states, whether they're standing, they're sitting, they're sleeping, whatever it is, sleeping meaning laying down to sleep, whatever it is, they have dhikrullah. These people, what do they do? Their dhikr, you can say, according to this verse, kind of leads to them doing fikr, tafakkur. So dhikr, then fikr. They think, they reflect over these signs of Allah. And they come to some wonderful conclusions that, Oh Allah, all of this is happening. All of this is happening. It's not going to be in vain. There must be a purpose in all of this. Subhanaka, ma khalaqta hadha batilan. You didn't create all of this in vain. There's a purpose in it. So save us from the hellfire if we're going to be ones who are not going to achieve and secure this purpose of creation of everything. We seek refuge in Allah from that. And a person who you do not save from the hellfire, 
then you have really disgraced them. They are at the lowest of the lowest levels. So we're we're seeking refuge in you from the hellfire. Why? Because a person who goes to the hellfire is at the lowest level of disgrace. The biggest loser of them all. And will they have help in the hellfire? No. They don't even have help either. So they're the lowest of the low. No one can take their hand and bring them up. Oh Allah, this the state of the people who don't secure the purpose of your creation. So now let us tell you what we're all about. Oh Allah, Rabbana. And it's interesting, and this is something the Mufassirin have pointed out, that look, this person who is saying these things keeps repeating Rabbana, Rabbana, Rabbana. Because this is an intimate conversation right now that one is having with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbana, Rabbana. And so here it says, Rabbana, how about us? We just want you to know, O oh Allah, that we yunadi. We heard the call and we accepted. That easy. Because look, look around the, around us. There's all of this going on. It's not going to be in vain. There must be a purpose. And so the, when the caller called to you, we accepted the call. Now some might say, the caller is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. Some might say, this might apply to all people of all times regarding the fitrah that they have. That that flame that Allah has put in us to, remember, to, to accept Allah. We look around us, we see creation, that should be more than enough for us to accept, to know at least that there's a God out there and then that God will send us His prophets. So now that we have accepted the faith, O Allah, فَاغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَكَفِّرْ عَنَّا سَيَّاتِنَا Forgive us of our sins, sometimes we might make mistakes, but we believe. So forgive our mistakes. Those promises that you made, give us those inshallah. And don't disgrace us on the Day of Judgment. You're not someone who will go against His promise, of course. So this is, uh, this is this person talking to Allah. As I said, these are verses that are recited usually, and it might be a good idea to memorize them. Uh, these are, and, and to memorize their meaning as well, remember their meaning so when you're reciting them you know what you're saying. So we have this etiquette of reciting these verses before Salatul Layl. So a person gets up, sleeps like half an hour or an hour sooner, so they can wake up an hour sooner or half an hour sooner or 20 minutes sooner uh, than Fajr time. So they can pray Salatul Layl. And so it's nice to recite these, it takes like half a minute or a minute to recite it, but it gets you ready for Salat al-Layl, that this is who I'm going to. Look at the nighttime. Look at the stars, look at the moon, look at the silence. While everyone else is sleeping, these are the verses that I'm reciting to Allah. There's a person by the name of Nawf al-Bikali. Nawf, he says in this hadith, كنت عند أمير المؤمنين I was with Imam Ali salam one night. ذات ليلة فقام من فراشه so he got up from his bed, or firash means wherever he was sleeping, that little mattress or whatever it was, a little cushion might, that might have been under him, a little rug that might have been under him. He got up from that. وَنَظَرَ إِلَى nujum. He looked into the, scar, the, the stars of the sky at night. ثُمَّ قَرَأَ آيَاتِ آلِ عِمْرَانِ إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ then he recited the verses of Surah to Ali Imran. Well, which ones? We have 200 verses in Ali Imran. He says, uh, the ones that start with, Inna fi khalqi samawati wal ard. 
indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth, those ones he recited. So he's getting ready for Salat al-Layl. ثُمَّ قَالَ يَا نَوْفِ Hey Nauf, are you awake? You asleep? أَرَاقِدٌ أَنْتَ أَمْرَامِقْ So I mean it shows that this Nauf was probably a close companion of Ali ibn Abi Talib salam, that Ali cares to wake him up in this time of night for ibadah as well probably. But he gives him some words of wisdom. Because he says, فَقُلْتُ بَلْ رَامِقْ I'm awake. يَا أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ So Amir al-Mu'mineen tells him, O oh, Nauf, glad tidings. طُوبَ لِلزَّاهِدِينَ فِي الدُّنْيَا الرَّاغِبِينَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Glad tidings and good news for the ones who can care less about this dunya. Not that they don't do their job in this dunya. They do their job, they have a halal living, all that. But they're not, they're not in love with this dunya. They're not attached to this dunya. Good for them. الرَّاغِبِينَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ The ones who are more interested in the akhirah, who are in love with the akhirah, are working for the akhirah. And the hadith goes on, of course. But in this context, I would say the best example for it of being interested in the akhirah is Salat al-Layl. Amir al in this hadith, he wakes up, he looks to the skies, looks to the stars, as the hadith said, and he recites these verses. I personally... Um, especially in the month of Ramadan, for example, if anyone um, you know, wants to at least pray Salat al-Layl in the month of Ramadan, I think Ramadan is the time to at least try to do that. And especially, especially the nights of Qadr. You don't want the nights of Qadr to pass without having prayed Salat al-Layl. This is one of the most solid a'mal one can do throughout the year, especially in Ramadan, especially in the nights of Qadr. Okay? Uh, it's not a bad idea if a person wants to pray Salat al-Layl to go out uh, or to look through the window at least. Look at the stars a little bit. Look at the sky. And then recite these verses and then start you know, making their wudu for their Salat and so on. Inshallah Allah makes us of those who are the mutahajjideen, the ones who are awake while others' eyes are, are closed and they're fast asleep. Yes, so that Allah looks at us in that special way. There are plenty of hadiths regarding the importance of Salat al-Layl. Of course, Salat al-Layl will have its effect, inshallah, when we have taken care of our wajib and haram properly as well. We do not want to neglect that. But if a person is living a godly life, the first thing that they want to add, according to scholars of akhlaq and spiritual wayfaring, without a doubt, hands down, is Salat al-Layl. And they say that if it's too hard, at least do the last three rak'ah of it. Um, and so on, but that those are those are that's those are things for another day. Salat al-Layl and its importance. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Allahumma nawwir qulubana bil Quran, wazayyin akhlaqana bil Quran, wa najjina min al-nari bil Quran, wa adkhilna al-jannah bil Quran. Allahumma jaal al-Quran lana fi dunya qarina wa fi al-qabri munisa wa ala al-sirat nura. وفي الجنة رفيقا ومن النار سترا وحجابا وإلى الخيرات كلها دليلا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته